0: Is, and this is a special treat uh, because we have one of our own. Uh, Rick vanetta is going to be uh, speaking today, and uh, a lot of you don't know,
1: but Rick has been on. He's been in Asia. He's been in Australia. He's been in New Zealand. He's been
0: in all parts of Europe, Scandinavia. He's preached the gospel. He's done amazing things around the world. But you know, you'd never know it because what does the scripture say? Sometimes the, the prophet is never really honored or known in his own hometown. But but Rick has been involved in bringing. Thousands and thousands of people to Christ. Um, Here at the Vineyard, he is like a force for community, bringing people together. He's one of the first responders if there's an issue with any of the youth or families. He's rushing right in. And Rick, I just want you to come on up here. Let's give a big round of applause. Let's honor Rick
1: Venata as he comes up. Now I've got too much. Rick, this is great. Once again, I think our shirts, we kind of have the, you know, we're kind of matching. We're looking good. Okay. Well, Rick, it's your ball. Take it. All right. I have to get out all the jokes that we were talking about last night. I had to clear my mind and not use those here this morning. Not that they weren't appropriate, but just that they weren't necessarily on topic. Okay, um, so I'm going to talk to you guys today about community, and uh, we're going to look at um, what I'll call uh, the third place. So it's, uh, I'll describe it more as we go along, but it's really getting outside of this building And uh, one of the things that I want to talk about, too, is that, and I know we'll never change it, really, but we can try, is that when I'm talking, uh, we come to a building, but we are the church. And so I think we confuse that a lot. And uh, so we're going to look at some of that uh, today. So uh, first, uh, I just want to share with you something that I did to try and uh, get some focus uh, for this uh, teaching uh, this week. So at RIL on Sunday night, I asked the kids um, three questions, and I asked them to write down uh, some answers. And uh, I took my daughters out, because I know if I read that and she was in here, she'd be mad. But uh, um, I didn't ask them to write down their names. But anyways, there were some ones that were uh, pretty interesting, I thought, and just insightful. So the first question that I asked them is, I said, what or how would you describe community? And uh, so they wrote down Um, some of their answers, and, you know, they just shared a lot of stuff about uh, faith and community and people uh, being there for one another, and it was uh, really encouraging, and the second question that I asked was, I notice when I'm nervous I can't pick up papers, so that's why I didn't pick up the paper, I don't know why, because I'm like, but I get so nervous here, but that's okay, so the second thing I asked them is, what would their ideal community be like? And that's what I really paid attention to. And they were talking about uh, playing music. Some of them were like, you know, an an ideal community is where we're playing music or sharing an art together or doing things together that that are common interest to us. And uh, it was um, being there for one another, accepting one another, um, enjoying each other's company. It was a place that you may not uh, get along with everyone, but you accept everyone and you encourage everyone and then the third thing that I asked them is I said do you believe that God can use your talents and your interests? so not just the talents that you've been given but the things that you're interested in uh, for the kingdom or that God can use them and this is where almost all of them that answer because when you're asking people questions and even adults we don't always write out the answers but most of them answered yes and I was encouraged by that A couple of them didn't answer it, and a a few wrote, I'm not for sure. But one of the ones that was written down is a girl was talking about that um, using my gifts or talents or being there for people was more than just giving someone a cup of sugar. And I thought that that was insightful because she was saying, you know, those are things that we should just do for people. But I think some of us, we become so comfortable in our neighborhoods that that is stepping out but she was saying, you know what, that's not really community. Community isn't just giving someone a cup of sugar. It's bigger than that, and I thought, you know, that's pretty good that our young people have a grip on that, so I just wanted to open with that as we talk about community and just say that, you know, this is for all of us today, that being the church is something that we're all uh, called to, and so let's look at the text here. The text that I want to look at today is Matthew uh, 22. If you have your Bible, you can open it. I'll probably be done reading it before you get there, but you can open it because I know some of you like to do that. So it's Matthew 22, uh, 37 uh, through 40. And it says, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is equally important love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. And so what I want to focus on is that we are to love our neighbors, okay? And so today what I want you guys to leave with is not that we have to convert our neighbors, not that we have to change our neighbors, not that we have to uh, make them live like we live, but that we're just willing to love our neighbors. And... When I say love our neighbors, I realize that we live in a community where, you know, we get around. So when I'm saying neighbors, I want to kind of make it our missional community. So that can be where we work, the coffee shops that we go to, the restaurants that we go to, the places uh, that we are, sporting events, all kinds of things like that. Because I do realize that, like, my neighbors are two young girls, and I'm not going to just spend a lot of time with them. I mean, they're probably in there. I don't know how old they are. They're probably about 28 or 30, but a 44-year-old guy isn't hanging out with these girls all the time. You know, I say hi to them and talk to them and know their names and stuff like that, but I'm not, like, you know, inviting them out to stuff. It's just not appropriate. That's beyond loving, probably. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we need to love our neighbors in the community and where we are. So it's, it's broader than just your physical neighborhood. It's your community. It's your missional community. So... Before we look at that, before we look at how to love our neighbors, I want to look at um, what uh, Jay Pathik wrote a book called uh, The Art of Loving Your Neighbor, and also Dave Runyon. Uh, I know Jay is a vineyard pastor because he was over at the Columbus Vineyard, but I don't know about the other guy. But I need some water. I drink bubble water. It's a European thing. Okay, so what I want to look at is ulterior motive. All my friends are sitting up at the front. Connor's laughing. This is good. So I want to look at the difference between ulterior motive and ultimate, what our ultimate motive should be. So this is what he says in the book. Ulterior means something that is intentionally kept concealed. An ulterior motive is usually manipulative. I knew I should have taken that word out. It's when we do or say one thing out in the open, but intend or mean another thing in private. So that might be the, the salesman approach to sharing the gospel. You know, if you've been in the church for a, a long time, and when I say this, if God's telling you to do that, then do it, because I've also done it. But I believe that there's another way that's more effective. But there's methods out there where people are, go on campuses and they ask you some questions, and then by the time you've filled out that questionnaire. They've helped you realize that you have sin in your life, and then they share the gospel. So that's an ulterior motive. They weren't really looking uh, to build a friendship with you. If they see that they're not going to make the sale, they cut and go, right? That's what you learn in sales. You just, wait, they're not going to buy what I'm selling, so I'm out of here. But, you know, maybe some, a lot of people have come to Christ that way. So it's still a good thing, but I think that there is a, a different approach. So I like the ultimate approach. Preferably, And it's just the way I think I go about life. So it says, ultimate means the farthest point of a journey. An ultimate goal is an eventual point of a long for destination. So the kid that goes to college that wants to be a physician. It doesn't happen overnight, and we're thankful for that. Or the little kid that grows up playing basketball that wants to play in the NBA. We know that doesn't happen overnight unless they're born six foot tall. And they can, you know, just drive to the hoop. Um, so for some people, maybe it happens. So I believe that the ulterior motive in good neighboring must never be to share the gospel. Now, of course, it can be, okay. But I think if we look at it this way, that the ulterior motive most of the time people will pick up on that you're just giving me a cup of sugar so that you can share Christ. And in this book, and that's why I think I like the cup of sugar. He said, you know, there's probably some people out there that purposely forget a cup of sugar so they can go borrow a cup of sugar from someone to share the gospel. You know? But, you know, to each their own. But anyways, so the ultimate, but if we, if we hear this, but the ultimate motive is just that. To share the story of Jesus, but this way, with the impact that he's made on our lives. So by coming alongside of people and being friends with them, then we're sharing with, with them the story of Christ in our life. All right, I think I got like five more minutes. No, I'm kidding. A little bit more than that. Hang in there. Okay, so there's a big difference. The agenda. We need to, the agenda we need to drop is the well-meaning tendency to be friends with people for the sole purpose of converting them to our faith. Many so desperately want to move people forward spiritually, that they push them according to how God is working in them. It's tempting to offer friendship with strings attached. You know, there's a lot of us, especially in the church, I've arrived at something, I do something well, it comes easy to me. God uh, really worked on my life and got me to a place where I no longer uh, say this or say that or do this. And then we forget how long it took us to get there and how much grace... God showed to us and we expect them to be where we are. We for, and we forget. Somehow we just magically forget you know the time that it took to get there. So we need to be willing to walk this out with people and realize that there will be that the ultimate will come, but it's a journey. So, we don't love our neighbors to convert them. We love our neighbors because we are converted. Whether those people ever take any steps towards God is beside the point because the text that we read said we are called to love our neighbors unconditionally without expecting anything in return. The great commandment says love your neighbor as yourself. The commandment ends there with no other expectations given. Thus, good neighboring can be an end in itself. And if you're a biblical scholar, don't argue with me today. We'll just <laughs> we'll just go <laughs> we'll just go with that, right? Okay. So, how do we become good neighbors? I believe it's through missional community. And if you've spent any time with John lately, you've definitely heard about missional community, okay? And a lot of other words that you've never heard, okay? Um, And I'll share some of those with you. Um, I believe one of the ways uh, that we can be, I'm sorry, I believe one of the ways is through being intentional in third places, and that's what I want to talk about. So, in order for us to um, do things well, in community, we need to be intentional. And so what is a third place? A third place is a place in our city or a neighborhood that is a perfect fit for us to make new friends and build relationships. Or it's places we go to or attend with the purpose of being intentional. Also, you may hear us call them places of peace or POP. And that goes on forever. There's, uh, when we start talking about the people that we reach, we can reach the MOPs, which are mothers of peace, we can reach the fops, which are fathers of peace. Um, what? The people of peace. It's people that, uh, that we can reach, that, are, um, that we can effectively... Uh, <laughs> look, now I'm losing it here, too. There's so much people. Uh, the people of peace are people in the community that we can um, have influence on and that we can lead to Christ and eventually through the ultimate, not ulterior. And when we do, they also have you know connections in the community that it just causes the gospel to go you know explode it's like dropping a bomb where's my mic drop i'm done (laughs) um so i should end right there okay so how can we do this so this is what i want to really share with you guys today and this is i think if anyone knows me this is what i really enjoy um i believe that one of the ways that we can do this is by having a lot more fun and by playing together that's right Even us adults, we need to play together and we need to play well, because I know a lot of us know how to play, but maybe not well with other people. And we need to do that through sharing common interests. So before I share some more of those things, let's roll that video clip, Lord let it work.
0: Hey guys, Caesar here. Ever since I was a young man, I've loved riding motorcycles. I've talked to you about my love for Harleys before, but nowadays I'm realizing that I don't just enjoy riding and taking time to play, I really need to play. And often. See, my natural tendency is to be a workaholic. And I tend to live with a sense that I have to keep this planet spinning on its axis. If, if I take too much time off, we're all doomed. <laughs> Crazy, right? But a little spin on my bike, some wind in my hair, and things get better pretty quickly. Let me give you 7 reasons why most all of us, leaders, parents, students, everyone, need to play more. 1. Taking time to play shows that we trust that God is in charge. I've already shared how I can feel like the weight of the world's on my shoulders. But time spent playing with my kids or friends and unplugging is an active way to express my faith that God is great so I don't have to be in control. 2. Playing takes you away from the constant need to make decisions. Some days I feel like I make a thousand decisions and if you're standing in front of me in that time you may feel in that moment like you have one one one-thousandth of my attention. Not good. Playing usually involves very little critical decision-making and it recharges our emotional bank accounts. 3. Playing nourishes creativity and helps us think outside the box. Barbara Fredrickson of the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill has shown that positive emotions help increase our ability to reason and connect with others. Put it in another way, play may very well be a way of unsticking our creativity, helping us to find new ways to return to a challenge that we're facing. 4. Playing is good for our health. Laughter is a common result of play and according to an article that I read recently in Psychology Today, studies suggest that in addition to being enjoyable and relieving feelings of stress and tension, laughter can also improve our physical health. Laughter and fun are linked to lowered stress and may also improve our heart health. Awesome. We can all use healthier hearts. 5. Playtime refocuses us from our heads to our hearts. When we play and turn off our minds for a little bit, we reconnect to our inner self. Prolonged focus on one thing and heavy responsibilities can lead to a very myopic and pragmatic view of the world and the people around us. Time having fun allows us to move from a task focus to once again process of things that are truly important to us. Six, time spent playing with others connects us to the culture. When I'm tired and drained, I can tend to just collapse in front of the television, sort of in an isolated state. And I guess that's okay sometimes, but getting out and playing with others connects me to the things that folks in my neighborhood and community find fun. It expands my interests, and it's a real relationship builder. Seventh, it moves you from the numbness of the ordinary to a heightened state of mindfulness. Play makes us present. It breaks the cycle of the mundane. Focusing on something that we find fun and frivolous brings us into the moment and into a new sense of the now. This can free us from the often negative emotions associated with dwelling in problems and the past, and it clears the road for what lies ahead. A regular rhythm of unplugging from our regular responsibilities and playing reminds us of the things that are truly important now it it won't necessarily fix every challenge we face but it sure gives us some fresh perspective so if you're feeling a little strung out stressed or stretched the next best time to get away and play is now go ahead that project will be there waiting for you when you get back i promise (laughs) so what is it for you what types of things do you find fun to do that helps you live a healthy and balanced life leave me your thoughts below or on facebook and as always Thanks for watching.
1: Great mustache. (laughs) All right, so I want to review two of those uh, points that he made, and then I want to uh, share with you guys just some ideas of how we can really get more involved in our community and get involved in third places uh, out in the places that we live. So, the taking time to play shows that we trust God is in charge. So, one example is this week. Uh, So, John asked me to speak two weeks ago, and it was probably the first time that I couldn't say no, you know, because sometimes I I, I try to, or, you know, I've got something going on, but anyway, so I wanted to get the teaching done the week before, but I didn't, and then this week came, and I was like, okay, I really just have to focus and get the teaching, and my goal was to get it done by Tuesday, which that was probably not a good goal, and but as I was uh, preparing, I would just hit these walls. But I was comfortable with hitting those walls because I really did feel challenged by God to say, you know what, go play with your kids. Go meet with the, the guy at the coffee shop that, that, uh, that wants to meet with you. Go, uh, go ahead and talk to the guy at the gym, uh, even though you, you kind of want to get your workout done and get out of there so that you can uh, continue working on this, but I just felt several times throughout the week that God just said, stop, it's going to be okay, it's going to, what I want to come together will come together, but that was, I mean, there was a, it was a healthy tension, because, you know, I I want it done, I want to know by Tuesday what I'm going to say today, but it wasn't until, you know, that I just put that into practice, because, you know, a lot of times we have to repractice what we're sharing, even up here. And God just kept saying to me, go. And so, I mean, I was doing stuff like just going to play mindful video games with my kids because that's what they enjoy. You know, and Lucas will just go on forever about the games, and, but that's what he enjoys. And God wants me spending time with my kids and not just a teaching for Sunday morning. I mean, you guys are important, but that's someone that, that God has given me, that's, that he's put in my community, and God wanted me to be at the coffee shop and uh, I was meeting with one person, and another person showed up, but I knew that if I said to that person, "Come and join us," that it would make his day you know i didn 't necessarily want to, but I knew that that would be better and so being faithful to trust that god's in conchar- that, yeah that God is in charge is good, you know, and so that he was really testing me on that and then the belief that uh, playing centers us from our head to our heart. Boy, I know that is so true. Um, you know, as my daughter's getting older, she's, and she's not in here so I can say this, um, uh, you know, getting her to talk with me is not on my schedule at all. I mean, I can be like, you want to go get Starbucks? You wanna go? I can't ask her if she wants a steak anymore because she's really held to her vegetarian thing for a lot longer than I thought she would, but, uh, you know, it's on her time, you know, and so I've had to realize that when she comes to me, it doesn't matter what I'm doing, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna set that down, and as we're doing something together, she will open up, you know, if, if, I, if I do get her to go with me to Starbucks in the car, she's not gonna stop talking. If I take a walk with my kids, if I try to get them to talk to me where I want to talk with them, they're not going to talk. But if you're doing stuff with people, it gets us out of here and gets us going out of our heart. So that's what I want to say to us today is that all of us here are capable, are capable of this, of loving people in the community and all we have to do is just say that we will be intentional about it and it will happen. Okay? So I want to share with you A couple ways that God has just been uh, working uh, with me and some of my friends in intentional ways. Um, One, uh, since I've said that I want to be more intentional, uh, when I go to the gym, which I'm a friendly person, uh, it doesn't, you know, I, I just normally talk to people. But Now people, even more at the gym, since I've said I want to be, because that's one of my intentional places. um, People just come up to me and start talking about things that I'm, that I just are unexpected, you know. And most, some of them know what I do, some of them don't. Because as soon as they hear that I work at a church, it it becomes an awkward conversation. Because every time they curse, they they say, "I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that in front of you." And then I just say, "You know, I have a German wife." and Most of these words are not curse words in our house, you know. And (laughs) it it really is true Uh, because she thinks most of those words sound uh, just wrong. But anyways, so, um, but it does. So it's through being intentional, um, even I've I've, I've experienced a new freedom again in saying, you know what, I'm going to live with an ultimate goal. And that ultimate goal is, is that I'm not just ready. I mean, I'll share the gospel with someone if I really feel I need to right then. But I'm, I'm going to be more intentional with that ultimate goal, that it'll come when it's needed. Uh, at Scouts, at a Boy Scouts, um, Cub Scouts for my son, Layden, there's people that, you know, again, I just start through saying this. I'm not even initiating the conversations, and they just start talking to me. And we talk about stuff, and we talk about family, and uh, one of the guys actually said to me, he's like, you know, and I never brought this up. He said, you know what? I really need to be connected in a church, and he, I don't even think they've gone to church. They're they're from Syracuse, uh, New York. They don't have any friends really here. They don't go out and do much. Real likable guy, but he's just like, you know, I don't connect really with people because I work and come home. I don't know someone that can babysit our kids, so we don't go out, so that's the the phase of life. So at Boy Scouts, he's probably just looking to talk to people, you know, and through just being intentional, it's happening. Um, then we have Lift Club, which that's an exciting thing we have fun with. Uh, Aaron Grinner made us Lift Club shirts, so like, I mean, you can get real creative with this. So we've got Jesus <laughs> lifting a barbell here with a lot of weight. It's real cool, and uh I think I went to the gym Thursday night, and the reason I couldn't lift the weight I was trying to lift is I didn't bring Jesus with me. But uh, we have a scripture on the back that says, Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men and be strong. Aaron found the right translation. So uh, that's a good shirt that we wear. And now, through being intentional with Lift Club, we have people that are coming to the Lift Club that are outside the community of our church. Uh, they're connected through friends, but we're going to start seeing guys coming and their wives come because we have a, a meal afterwards. Because, you know, after you lift, you got to eat. And uh, we've, uh, we just have a good time, and we're doing that. I mean, the main focus when we come there is, you know, normally to lift. But we end up talking about our life. Uh, we end up sometimes praying for one another, uh, just having a good time. But it's through being intentional that God is using Just the things that we're really interested in. I was going to work out anyways, so I might as well work out with some people that are like-minded and that also want to invite people in from the outside to work out with us, you know, so that we can have an ultimate goal of uh, sharing, you know, Christ with people. Um, And it works, you know. uh, That's how Morrison's here. We all golfed with you, right? And now he's the drumming machine up there singing. (laughs) Loving loving the Lord, glory. Um, Let's see some other things. Coffee shops. I mean, how many people here love coffee? I'm double hands. My feet are up. I love coffee. I've only had one cup this morning. That's probably why I'm not too, too fired up. But I love coffee. You know, be intentional at your coffee shop. Most people here go to the same coffee shop every week if you're a coffee shop person or multiple coffee shops. There's... A coffee shop in Hilliard that just opened up, and they're actually doing this coffee shop with this focus. It's called Connections, and it's a missional coffee shop. On Sunday nights, they have a church service at 630, so they still have their business on Sunday. And then they have a church service or like a small group service there at the thing. And he was just a guy that said, I want to figure a way to connect with my community. And that coffee shop is only two months old, and it's packed People are coming in there because people want to connect, and they want to connect over things that they share common interest with. And people love coffee, so they're coming and uh, doing that. Um, last night we had a Christmas party, and we had a great Christmas party. And uh, uh, a lot of people invited their friends that aren't uh, people that come to the church. And that was a hoot, meeting different people. I knew a few of them, um, but other ones we didn't uh, know so well. But we just had, we just said that as a missional community that we're going to do dinners or things every once in a while with intention. And last night we didn't mean to, but we ended up talking about, you know, God or different things and people ask you questions. We even talked about this teaching and stuff like that. It was kind of funny, but I was actually real nervous then, but that's okay. But it was a a missional thing that was done with intention, and I believe that we're going to see really good results from it, and I want to be honest with you guys, too, is I'm sitting here talking about being more intentional. The person that I was trying to invite to the party, I kind of messed up on getting them the invitation in time, you know, people, so, and that's the guy from Scouts, so I didn't plan it right, so, you know, along the way, you know, we're not going to do this perfectly, and even myself, which I love this, like, this is just feels like the way that I want to do ministry, you know, more and more, you know, it doesn't always happen, but the good thing is, is I'm not worried about it, because I'm focused on the ultimate, and I know that ultimately, I still have a relationship with this guy that is growing, and we're going to get him to the next group, because I know he likes beer, and we have, I don't know what it is with people in Facebook names, and it was probably Adam, maybe Josh, but we also have a group called the Unsanctioned, meeting of the Royal Imperial Vineyard Craft Beerman. Okay? Now, if that is not an... Oh, that was Jay, wasn't it? Who, was that Jay? It was. It was Jay. I forgot who came up with that name. But, you know, this is another way that we're saying we're going to be intentional, and we can invite people to come out with us, have a beer, enjoy a good time. We can also celebrate people. We used it one day to celebrate Josh surviving... The, uh, the Columbus Marathon, I could barely make it to the place to drink the beer. And he ran, what, how many miles that day? Is it 26.2, and then was able to come and have a beer. That is dedication to intentional community, if I've ever heard of it. So let's see. Oh, and other things uh, that you guys, some people, I, we're not really that type of church, but the type of church I grew up in would have had a fit about this. We, I went to a Corn concert this year. Okay? I went with Steve and Ryan and Christy, and we had an amazing time. And the reason why I wanted to go is, one, it was Ryan's birthday, but two, uh, the leads, one, one of the lead guitarists for Korn is a Christian now. And a lot of people are giving him a lot of slack for going back to this very secular band. And the bass player from the band is also a Christian. But after the concerts many times, these guys have been going out on the streets uh, with uh, Todd White and different guys like this and praying for people at a Corn concert. And the lead singer of Corn, believe me, he's not a Christian, so not all the lyrics are good stuff. But the thing is, is that I went there saying that I'm going to have a good time, but God, if you give me an opportunity, I'm going to take it, you know? And we, we talked with some people. We had a good time with Uh, These uh, two twin brothers and their wives, and we talked with them, and it was a hoot. But, you know, we said, you know, we're going to be intentional, but we didn't force anything, okay? And so we need to be willing, as we're looking at these third places, to go where Christ is calling us. And we also need to be willing to go where we're comfortable. Some of you may not be comfortable with that. Some of you, that may not be your community. Some of you, that's just not your fit, And that's what I want to encourage you guys, is that there is a fit out there for you. There is a third place that has your name on it. And some of them are already there, like restaurants and coffee shops. And um, uh, I know the Cokers love soccer. They can be intentional at the soccer places, all these different places uh, that they're going. But if there isn't one out there, then create one. You know, like, I mean, we didn't invent lifting I'd like to say I did, but I don't have that type of body to prove it. But, uh, you know, make something. You know, maybe there's, you know, like the scrap group or or whatever your interest is. I mean, there's so many. If everyone said an interest today, we would hear so many different things today that people are interested. If it's baking, be intentional about baking. And Hannah's a great baker. Uh, And so, oh, we had some cookies last night. Woo, jelly-filled, spirit-filled. They were good. But, uh, you know, be intentional and find your niche. Find your place. Don't you're, you're hearing some of the things that I'm enjoying doing with people and being intentional. But do what God would call you to do. And do it well. And do it intentionally with an ultimate goal. So I want to share one other story. I have a, a lot of them here. See, so look, I'm already going longer than I wanted to. I wanted to go for 15 minutes. Um, ten was tops. No, I'm kidding. Okay, so I want to tell you guys uh, just how big this can be, too. Um, I used to do a ministry called Team Extreme, and some of you know this, and I know there's new people here that don't, but it was a sports ministry. And this was, it's really a third-place type of ministry, okay? Um, but these, the reason why I want to tell you this is because these third-place ministries, with being intentional, can take us to places that are bigger than I think what we can dream of. So through this sports ministry, we had a weightlifting team. And if you guys have ever seen on TV, uh, guys breaking bricks and uh, ripping phone books and bending steel bars, I was a part of that team. And uh, I did some of that stuff. I also uh, did the emceeing uh, for that team. But through doing that, we would also have professional soccer players, basketball players, and we bring different athletes along with us to go of places and through doing a third place ministry, we would get invited to schools, uh, jails, uh, we'd speak to other sports teams, which was kind of funny because a lot of us were pudgy and we're talking to these real athletes about you know getting serious. And so, but that's God, okay. Um, we were able to open a gym in Merced, California, where uh, people would come every day. Uh, to play basketball and lift weights and do different things. And in that third place, when you're playing basketball with someone, the truth normally comes out. But we really experienced that it was the pastors that we had to kick out because they, <laughs> they just got a little out of control um, about their sportsmanship. Um, but also, um, we would go to places like India, and this is really cool. Um, through doing a third-place ministry, through doing sports we were able to share with muslim religious leaders we were we were able to share with hindu uh, religious leaders and go to like these schools and they do these big parade type things it's like i mean here we are coming and they're like welcoming you with flowers and doing all kinds of stuff that you know i had to shake off all the spiritual stuff that that they do but it would put us in front of in front of these key leaders for muslims and hindus because we were doing a sport that maybe they have never seen. And so these third place ministries can connect you with the people that are around us right now in ways that we may not believe. You know, there's things that you guys have that will interest the people that are living in our community now. You know, and that's going to be up to you, what your comfort is and what you are feeling led to do. Um, in New Zealand, uh, we got to preach. We, were, I lived there for a while. We got to preach the gospel all over New Zealand, and we were invited to go to all the Marais in New Zealand. And those are like the, um, you know, the native land here in America, and they share a similar uh, story to our, our Native Americans. Um, and most, a good majority of these Marais are not Christian places, and but some of them are, you know, because. Uh, Western missionaries, we went in and said that every practice that they had wasn't true, blah, 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 and we realized that's a mistake because many of them did know God, but we thought we knew better. But anyways, that's another story. But when you go into these Marais, you always share stories. And so they would share, and we would share. They would share, and we would share. But it was because of sports that we got into these places, or it was because of skateboarding or which I was a great skateboarder. No, I'm kidding. Um, all these other things that we did that would get us into these places, and it's, I really believe that it's these third-place ministries that will do this. Um, in Brazil, we spoke at military bases, and I, I put this one in there because in Brazil, um, they let us, with this third-place ministry, preach the gospel in public schools and do altar calls and pray for people in a public school, all because of a third-place ministry. Like, we were willing to go to all these schools. We spent a month just going to 10, 15 schools a day, and through the third-place ministry, we were able to um, proclaim his truth. So let's look at how we can apply this uh, to our lives, and we'll wrap this up here. So, All right, so my question to you guys and how you can apply this to your life is you've heard some of the things that I've done and some of my friends uh, are doing here. Uh, What are you doing already that can be used by God that's unique to you? I want you to go away with that today. What are you doing already? That's the beautiful thing about this third place ministry, is that we're not asking you to necessarily... I mean, we are going to ask you (laughs) to do some things that I think as a church we're collectively saying hey, we need to do the food pantry, or we need to do this ministry. But we want to say to you, what is unique to you? What can you do in your community? Because in that uniqueness, and your gift, you're going to thrive. You're going to be more effective with the ultimate goal of just sharing with people what Christ has done in your life than you are of doing some cookie-cutter thing that I give you to do, Right? Like, if I told you guys I want you to go to the gym and uh, do what I do, you you can probably do it. (laughs) But, uh, you know, you have to do what is unique uh, to you. Second, I want you to ask God to help you to be more intentional about loving your neighbors. Third, I want to ask you—I don't want to put numbers on it because people start closing down when they hear numbers. Okay, so next point. Ask God to show you a place of peace— that's the pop, remember? A place of peace or a third place. Like a cafe, a favorite restaurant, a pub, or a park, or the list could go on and on. And this is, this is key to this too. Ask your friends to join you in establishing a third place. Or going to places of peace or third places. If we really want this to work in our church we have to do this with twos or threes, preferably threes or more, because that's when it's really going to take off. If we just act like a bunch of individuals, things don't happen. But if we do things together, because I know there's guys in here that like to ride bikes, there's people that like to run, there's people that like to lift weights, arts and crafts and ukuleles. I mean, I can't even... The kids are all... I'm surprised you guys weren't playing the ukuleles while I'm talking this morning. Normally on Sunday night it's ukulele the whole time. Um, It's nice. Um, It really is. They're good. Yeah, go ahead and play. Um, So, uh, let's see. Ask God how you can use your interests, talents, and play time for Him. How can you use... This is the thing I really want you to hear. How can you use what you're already doing I'm not asking you to do anything different, unless you're doing something that God wouldn't approve of, okay? But what are you already doing? I know you guys are busy. I know your schedules are full. But what are you already doing that you can be more intentional about? That you can say, you know what, God? I've been doing this, but now I want to be intentional about it. I mean, we even... We have a walking dead group, and that's about zombies. But you know what? We end up talking about faith. We end up talking about our lives. I've been going over to Tim and Kim's house for probably, I don't know, how many seasons are we on? Seven. Seven seasons we go over there. And you're not going to get some Christians together and not eventually talk about who you are. Right? So, I mean, it's, it's wide open what you can do and what you can be intentional about. And this is the last point, and then we're going to pray. I want you guys to listen to other people. Listen to God. I want you to live generously, generously, with both your time and finances. Because if you're going to coffee, sometimes you're going to buy someone's coffee. You're just going to be generous. You know, you're gonna, it's going to give of your time, and it's going to give of your finances. If you're having people over for meals... It's going to cause your budget to go up. And it's not always easy, you know. We live on a tight budget, and we were doing some things, and we have to say, you know, it's worth it. It really is. And all of us, that did, the people that did the party last night, you know, they went above and beyond. Um, and this is the guarantee. If we listen and live generously with both our time and finances, people will be attracted to you and your family and your life. And so if we do those things and we listen to God and we live intentionally, we will make a difference in our community. And through that, we will reach the ultimate goal of sharing what Christ has done in our life. And that's the gospel. So let's pray. Um, Lord, I just pray that today that everyone here uh, would be led by you, that they would be guided by you, and that you would uh, give them divine insight into all of this as they find their place in this community, and that you would help them uh, to live uh, more intentionally. So, amen. I want to do one other thing. I know John, oh, John doesn't have anything. I want to do, how long did I go? Oh, gee.